Section 34 of The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 11. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynette Calkins. The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 11, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. The Eighth Night of the Month When the evening evened, the king sat private in his chamber and bade fetch the wazir, who presented himself before him, and the king required of him the story. So the wazir answered, with love and gladness, Hear, O king. The Tale of the Merchant, the Crone, and the King There was once a family of affluence and distinction, in a city of Khorasan, and the townsfolk used to envy them for that which Allah had vouchsafed them. As time went on, their fortunes ceased from them, and they passed away, till there remained of them but one old woman. When she grew feeble and decrepit, the townsfolk succored her not with aught, but thrust her forth of the city, saying, This old woman shall not neighbor with us, for that we do good to her, and she requiteth us with evil." So she took shelter in a ruined place, and strangers used to bestow alms upon her, and in this way she tarried a length of time. Now the king of that city had aforetime contended for the kingship with his uncle's son, and the people disliked the king, but Allah Almighty decreed that he should overcome his cousin. However, jealousy of him abode in his heart, and he acquainted the wazir, who hid it not, and sent him money. Furthermore, he fell to summoning all strangers who came to the town, man after man, and questioning them of their creed and their goods, and whoso answered him not satisfactory, he took his wealth. Now a certain wealthy man of the Moslems was wayfaring, without knowing aught of this, and it befell that he arrived at that city by night, and coming to the ruin gave the old woman money and said to her, No harm upon thee. Whereupon she lifted up her voice and blessed him. So he sat down his merchandise by her, and abode with her the rest of the night and the next day. Now highwaymen had followed him that they might rob him of his monies, but succeeded not in aught. Wherefore he went up to the old woman, and kissed her head, and acceded in bounty to her. Then she warned him of that which awaited strangers entering the town, and said to him, I like not this for thee, and I fear mischief for thee from these questions that the wazir hath appointed for addressing the ignorant. And she expounded to him the case according to its conditions. Then she said to him, But have thou no concern, only carry me with thee to thy lodging, and if he question thee of aught enigmatical whilst I am with thee, I will expound the answers to thee. So he carried the crone with him to the city, and lodged her in his lodging, and entreated her honorably. Presently the wazir heard of the merchant's coming, so he sent to him, and bade him bring him to his house, and talked with him a while of his travels, and of whatso had befallen him therein, and the merchant answered his queries. Then said the minister, I will put certain critical questions to thee, which end thou answer me, twill be well for thee. And the merchant rose and made him no answer. Quoth the wazir, What is the weight of the elephant? The merchant was perplexed and returned him no reply, giving himself up for lost. However, at last he said, Grant me three days of delay. The minister granted him the time he sought, and he returned to his lodging and related what had passed to the old woman, 
who said, When the morrow cometh, go to the wazir and say to him, Make a ship and launch it on the sea and put in it an elephant. And when it sinketh in the water, mark the place whereunto the water riseth. Then take out the elephant and cast in stones in its place till the ship sink to that same mark. Whereupon do thou take out the stones and weigh them, and thou wilt presently know the weight of the elephant. Accordingly, when he arose in the morning, he went to the wazir and repeated to him that which the old woman had taught him. Whereat the minister marveled and said to him, What sayest thou of a man who seeth in his house four holes, and in each hole a viper offering to sally out upon him and slay him? And in his house are four sticks, and each hole may not be stopped but with the ends of two sticks. How then shall he stop all the holes and deliver himself from the vipers? When the merchant heard this, there befell him such concern that it guard him forget the first, and he said to the wazir, Grant me delay, so I may reflect on the reply. And the minister cried, Go out and bring me the answer, or I will seize thy monies. The merchant fared forth and returned to the old woman, who, seeing him changed of complexion, said to him, What did his hoariness ask thee? So he acquainted her with the case, and she cried, Fear not, I will bring thee forth of this strait. Quoth he, Allah requite thee with weal. Then quoth she, Tomorrow go to him with a stout heart, and say, The answer to that whereof thou askest me is this, Put the heads of two sticks into one of the holes, then take the other two sticks and lay them across the middle of the first two, and stop with their two heads the second hole, and with their ferules the fourth hole. Then take the ferules of the first two sticks, and stop with them the third hole. So he repaired to the wazir, and repeated to him the answer, and he marveled at its justness, and said to him, Go, by Allah, I will ask thee no more questions, for thou with thy skill marest my foundation. Then he treated him as a friend, and the merchant acquainted him with the affair of the old woman. Whereupon, quoth the wazir, Needs must the intelligent company with the intelligent. Thus did this weak woman restore to that man his life and his monies on the easiest wise. Nor, continued the wazir, is this stranger than the story of the simpleton husband. When the king heard this, he said, How like it must be to this our own case! Then he bade the minister retire to his lodging. So he withdrew, and on the morrow he abode at home till the king should summon him to his presence. End of section 34 Recording by Lynette Calkins Monument, Colorado